to Ghoulish Tendencies. I'm Gabby. And I'm Kim. And we are two paranormal investigators who delve into the depths of the famous and not-so-famous cases of Moida, ghosts, legends, and lore with a healthy dose of debunking. I understand that I am due for some debunking this evening. Ooh, is she ever? We are going to cover legends, lore, mm-hmm. Moida, and ghosts tonight. Literally Ooh. like a nice little spread, a buffet, if <gasps> you will. I love a good skeptical buffet. A good scully buffet, if a you will. A scully buffet is my favorite kind next to Phoebe. I was just going to say, is the other one the Phoebe one? We are just two similar people. (laughs) (laughs) We're dangerous. It's fine. It's great. That's why people listen, right? Right, guys? Just nod, smile. Awesome. Um, So really excited to cover this topic. I've been talking about covering this for like years, literally since we started the podcast. I think I've wanted to cover this topic and just have been trying to find the right time to do it. Because today, friends, uh, we are going to be covering the happiest place on earth, or is it the spookiest (gasps) place on earth? Kim, can you guess what it is? M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Not Mickey Mouse, but Disneyland. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) Mickey Mouse. Donald Duck. Mickey Mouse. Donald Duck. Yeah, um, Ooh, yep, I can sounds. totally do a Donald Duck. That's, that's a good not Donald Duck. What we're, yeah, my mom taught me how to do a Donald Duck. And that's not why we're here, guys. Um, so anyway. How much money could I pay you to do that voice, to do this whole episode in that voice? Just asking not for Not enough friend. money. That I don't think I could do it. You wouldn't be able to understand a word that I would say. So all of this like research writing notes would just go down the shitter. But it would be so, so funny. Maybe at the end I'll do creepy critics corner in it for you. Just okay. just you wait. Just you wait. Donald Duck might show his, you know, bottomless butt for you at the end of the episode. Fair. Cuz you know Donald Ducking is when he just wears a shirt. So that's That's true. So, anyway, Disneyland, guys. <laughs> We're going to talk about um Disneyland. So welcome We will be your ghost hosts with at least 999 happy haunts to talk about or debunk about this haunted Disneyland tour of death. (laughs) It's not like the best way to put it. But hey, you know, along with ghouls and spirits, we have to evaluate any accidents it's true. Or deaths that could have led to hauntings, as we always do. This is what we do, right? And, you know, what's interesting is with research with Disneyland, some of it is really hard to come by because mm. what Disney wants you to know and see is all good and happy and positive and wonderful, which it's Disneyland, right? Um, so I get it. I totally get it. And so having said that, I want to give a nice disclaimer at the beginning of this episode that this is with no ill intent to Disney in any way, shape, or form that we talk about these things that happened. But just like any place in the world, there can be accidents. Mm -hmm. Life is not always perfect. Things happen, right? So Disneyland is no exception. Um, And one of the things that I wanted to address first and foremost is condolences to the family 
families and friends of anyone who were injured or lost in any of these accidents. And a lot of these accidents are not Disney's fault. Some Sometimes you get people that just do stupid things like teenagers like you can't prevent them from doing dumb shit sometimes yeah um that's just the nature of the beast and you know other times it's someone who had an underlying health condition that probably shouldn't have been riding a ride or something like that so there's lots of different um, reasons why people could get injured um, but not all accidents are reported either and so when there is one it's often more publicized than many other accidents in the workplace because Disney is Disney and it makes headlines. So wanted to go into it with that little disclaimer. Also just up top. Keep that in mind. Cool? Cool. Cool. So Disneyland opened its gates in 1955 and it actually was really rushed to get put together and opened and not everything was fully done by the time it was opened. There are some legends and lore, maybe some accuracies in accidents that may have happened with construction. We're not going to go down that road today, though. Um, But building Disneyland was really uh, expedited. I'll just say that. And when it opened, it was 15 years before the U.S. government passed the Occupational Safety and Health Act called Mm. OSHA. So keep that in mind as well. So just, you know, think about these things. And I think ultimately we have to ask, at the end of the day, beginning of the episode, who haunts Disneyland? If it's haunted, who's there? Who is there? Kim, who do you think could be there? Um, Walt Disney's cryogenically frozen head. Potentially, sure, even though it's not, but yes, sure. I think think it is. Okay, Kim... (laughs) Is going to Mulder. I love it. It's I mostly because I want it to be there real bad. That was actually that was the thing I grew up hearing was that Walt Disney's cryogenically frozen head was like I don't know at the top of um, Splash Mountain or something that it was being stored that there. That's so cool. Uh, I don't. I remember if that's the exact. I just remember something about his head being stored somewhere at Disney, uh, and that that was like legit a thing that when I was a kid was a passed around lore. And Disney has a lot of passed around lore and legends. Like, it's also, it is said, so I'm going to go into this. This is actually a great segue uh, into a lot of the information that's out there, guys. We don't know if it's allegedly accurate evidence. Who knows? So, like, some of it will have, I'll tell you if it's like, no, this actually happened. Or allegedly. Allegedly. So just note that there are definitely some... Uh, topics of discussion that Scully will Scully because Scully's going to Scully. Um, but other than Walt Disney's cryogenically frozen head, who else might haunt? So Walt Disney, you said sure. Walt, Walt Disney, could potentially yes. sure. Who else do you think might haunt Disneyland? Um, the ghost of Mickey Mouse's pants. Potentially, sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Let's throw that one in there. Who I else? actually think that you know our cryptid pants might be like Mickey Mouse's <gasps> pants. Wow, my brain just had a full-blown explosion. You're welcome. Um, because that's not that far from Disneyland. I know, right? It's not that Fresno, far. It's not like, that far. It's the, it, this is why some of the animals don't have any pants. They're like, they try to, but then they're running around and they're like, become So cryptids. it just escaped from Disneyland and escaped they just ran to Fresno. Exactly. Just pants. Just pants. Okay, but who else might actually? Right. So Disneyland. legitimately, it's, this is fun. I like this. Uh, 
<laughs> so what other what other random things can I throw out there? <laughs> Let's do like actual ones. All right. I'm sorry, Gabby. Usually, usually you're the one that's like hardcore throwing the goofy out. Um, Pun I intended. mean, realistically, you know, the, the spirits of people who have died on premises. So if that's yeah. employees who have died, if that's um, guests who have died, uh, that would be the first people I would look at as legitimately haunting a place. A splace? Yeah. Haunting a splace. <laughs> splace Mountain, friends. Best place. Splace Mountain. Best yes. ride. Um, right. Definitely haunted. So, yeah. yeah, I agree. I think, you know, people who could have died there, people who could have died there before it was Disneyland, too. Like, oh, absolutely. Before it was Disneyland, it was just a bunch of orange groves. So, like, before it was orange groves... It was probably Native American land. It definitely was. I know the Chumash and Navajo tribes were in that vicinity. So who knows, right? Um, There's actually a legend and lore allegedly moment here where some people say, if you could take a wild guess at what is underneath Disneyland, can you take a wild guess at what is underneath Disneyland allegedly? I mean, cemeteries, bones, like dead bodies. Native American burial grounds, potentially. Uh, I don't know. Sure, why not? Um, technically, that could be the case everywhere. Um, but that's definitely one of those, like, uh, legends that apparently the ghosts of natives haunt the park as well. So that could be one of those, too. Who knows? Now, you know, prior to all of these different ideas... The number one person you mentioned was Walt Disney. Yes. So let's talk about Walt for a second. So Walt actually, and I'm not going to go into like the deep history of Walt Disney because that's not what this episode is about. If you want that, you can find it. Google is your friend. Mm -hmm. Um, Essentially, what I do want to point out is that he had a really tough life and struggled a lot and failed a lot and was really successful with Disneyland because of how much he failed. And one of the things that he was known for was the fact that he smoked for most of his life. Hmm. And he actually died from lung cancer at the age of 65 on December 15th, 1966. So he was only around for 11 years of Disneyland. Oh, wow. Which is pretty sad. It's not that long. No, it's really not. So I... Don't think that his head is cryogenically frozen because it's been proven that he has been cremated and is actually buried at um, Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale, which, fun fact, my bubby and papa are also buried at Forest Lawn (laughs) Memorial Park in Glendale with Walt Disney. So uh, my family uh, has a forever resting piece with Walt Disney. With Walt Disney, yes. That's not the same one as the... Hollywood Cemetery. We're no, like that's a different one. Okay, I've, I've been Forever there. I love. Yeah, one. I love that yeah. place. I mean, Hollywood that sounds Forever like is really but. cool, and they have movies there. And like, I saw a couple of bands play there before in my time when I lived in LA. But anyway, fun facts: my bubby and papa are hanging out with Walt Disney in the afterlife. <laughs> nice. He's also said to haunt a variety of locations at Disneyland, and it's not really surprising. To think that or to be like of of all people to haunt Disneyland, it, yeah, probably Walt Disney is hanging out there. Sure. And he's been seen, allegedly, in places like 
the Disneyland Railroad, the Fire Station, Sleeping Beauty's Castle, the Snow White Grotto, Pirates of the Caribbean, Club 33, the Golden Horseshoe, the Columbia, and the Mark Twain. So I also want to point out that I'm not going to be addressing every single haunting at Disneyland today. Like, if we did, we'd be here forever. So I'm choosing some of the main ones I wanted to talk about. But going into Walt Disney's hauntings are some of the most interesting ones. So more specifically, on Main Street, he actually designed it to look like the Missouri town where he grew up in. And so it felt very homey to him. And so he actually had an apartment built uh, right above the firehouse on Main Street. And that's where he actually, like, hung out. Um, It's right next to City Hall. And a lot of people think he's still there. There's actually a little window that you can see right above the firehouse. Mm -hmm. And there's always a light on in that window, like a little lamp, a little, like, flame oil lamp type situation. And you can see it from the window. And allegedly, some say that the light never goes out. Um, And that's something that uh, this is like one of those fun, ambiguous stories where you're like, I wonder if it's actually true. But some people have had actual experiences. But then there's all these stories. So let's dive in, shall we? Let's do it. So the light was always on when he was actually living and present at the park to let Mm. everybody who was there know, hey, Walt's here. Sure. Be on your best behavior. Dad's home, you know. Um, And cast members would say that they were always on their best behavior whenever he was there because they knew the light was on. Sidebar, I think cast members were always on their best behavior because they're cast members because it's Disneyland. And you would think... They have pretty, I mean, like, I've had friends who've worked for Disney before, Mm -hmm. and the list of rules that have to be followed are insane. Very strict. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying, like, I don't think people are, like, goofing off because the rules are very deliberate. Very intense. Yeah. Yeah. So some say the light can't be turned off, but there was one cast member who has this story where they walked into the room to close up for the evening turned off the light and as they were leaving it turned back on again they were like huh that's weird i should probably go back and turn it off because it's time to close up and like go home sure so they go back turn it on again and as she goes to leave the second time it turns back on again and she hears a voice say i'm still here hmm And it was a man's voice. That is a story. Take it for what it's worth. But interesting. Interesting. Yeah, sure. sure. Apparently, right below where the apartment is, people hear footsteps and knocking from above them pretty frequently after closing hours when there's no one upstairs, which seems weird. Like someone is actually walking back and forth above them. Sure. And some have even seen the apparition of Walt looking out of the window of his apartment. Mm. Allegedly. Allegedly. Main Street USA apparently is definitely haunted, too. Um, There's a bunch of shops. So if you've been to Disneyland, walking down Main Street, there's a bunch of stores on the right side, on the left side. And there's like two story buildings. I think it's two. Maybe it's three. I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's definitely an upstairs space above the stores, though. And usually it's like storage offices, things like that. And oftentimes, there are reports of creaking floors in the upstairs area of the shops on Main Street, Mm -hmm. and things move around on their own. 
Mm-hmm. Like things tend to not be where they left them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Late at night after the park is closed, noises are often heard on Main Street, specifically near and in the Disneyland Emporium. Uh, and behind the magic shop. So behind the magic shop was actually one of Walt Disney's offices, and that's mm-hmm. where there's a lot of disturbances that are heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's actually a spirit of the of a man that was seen by a few different cast members walking through the door of the Emporium. Oh. Like a closed door, like spirit walking through a wall type sitch. Interesting. Another thing that happened Uh was that there's uh, another shop is the 20th Century Music Company. Uh It's got weird energy in there. A lot of people say it just feels really bizarre and weird. Things tend to fly off the walls when there's no one around. Hmm. Like fly, like poltergeist style fly. Um, So that's... Okay. Okay. Odd. I mean, interesting. These are these are all your kind of like typical. Hey, this haunted. this shit is haunted. Yeah. Yeah. There's something going on. Something like, going on. And the way that I see it is that even if we don't have like evidence for every single thing, there are so many things. It's yeah. like not just one thing that's happening, and it's all within the same vicinity. So, as people that have done investigations in the past, patterns are a thing, right? Like if you see something happen or multiple things happen around the same time, even if you don't catch it on camera, audio, video, whatever, you notate it, right? Yeah. So that's what this is essentially. So another thing too is there's a a lady in a white Victorian gown, classic ghost, classic, like what I dressed up as for Halloween this last year. Ah. Classic Victorian ghost in a white dress has been seen walking down Main Street in the early morning hours after closing. So like two, three, four in the morning. Okay. She's seen in other places too. Uh But she's definitely seen on Main Street. And cast members have also seen a similar, if not the same, spirit walking through the walls in the shops after hours on security cameras. Oh, seriously? Yeah, I don't have the videos of that. That's an allegedly through security cameras. Uh, I wish I had that as, but <sighs> but don't get sad because I do have videos for you today and we will be looking at them, okay. but not on that one. I don't okay. have that one, unfortunately. Because like, I, I mean, again, the, and this comes down to where I, I have to like politely scully. I'm not doubting that happened, but without the evidence. Evidence. That's all it is, is somebody saying it. Sure. I agree. Um, but I also have definitely seen like security cameras catch stuff like this in the past. Yeah. And it's I've only also when people are reviewing it that they see it and they're like, ooh, that's weird. Yeah. But it's also when people are reviewing it and say, oh, that's weird. And they send it to a paranormal investigator and a paranormal investigator says, mm, that's, that's dust. dust. <laughs> mm, that's a bug. Mm, that's a spider in your camera. That is a fair point. Although a f- spider in the camera... May not look like something walking through a wall. Oh, I don't know. You'd be amazed. They do flatten out quite nicely. Well, when you see the legs and they're moving in and out, I've seen some like bugs and cam. Yes, I know. I've seen some bugs and cameras before of <laughs> where we've gotten pictures and like, man, the wings, especially if you get like a corner of a wing, can mm. look like something because it's already kind of translucent. Yeah. So it can oh, look like. So- I mean, I'm again. I'm just saying, without seeing it, 
You don't it's, believe it's it. It's not real. Well, no, it's it's somebody saying I saw something weird in the video camera. I don't doubt that you saw something weird in the video camera. Much like a UFO is an unidentified flying object, not all UFOs are necessarily aliens. It's an object we can't identify. That's fair. That's a very fair point. I will give you that, Scully. Take it. Okay. Take it and run. Take it. But allegedly. Allegedly. No, I get alleg- it. I, I'm allegedly with you. Allegedly there was a woman, though. And this is, you're going to get so mad when I tell you. I was like writing my notes and I was like, oh, Kim's going to get so mad. <gasps> Allegedly, the Victorian woman died on the property over a century ago and has been haunting the area ever since. <laughs> this is a audio medium, <laughs> everyone. I mean, they can't see the gesture I just made. Um, all right. Kim so, looks like she's jerking off her Yeti right now is what she <laughs> looks like. No, I mean, again, um, is there one shred of Evidence. 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 We don't even have is a there, name. I mean, yeah. there's no but name. Is there, there's I no mean, date. There's no, no date. I mean, no obituary. No records to show of any home that used to be there. No. Also, like, to be given the information of a Victorian woman died on the property yeah. over 100 years ago is like, okay, that could be anybody. <laughs> I, and I a looked, woman in a white dress is just a lady in a nightgown. Like, that could be anyone. Well, and particularly, again, you're looking at a theme park. That specializes in people in costumes. That is also fair. But the time of when they see these things and the capturing of it is what makes it weird. Sure. So that's the one thing that stands out to me. The story behind it, I could leave it. You know, like this is just, again, according to the research air quotes that I did of the Internet um, and what is reliable and what is not when it comes to a ghost story is few and far between. So that's Main Street. Main Street, USA, potentially haunted. Maybe. We'll see. Then there's the Disneyland Railroad. And what's really funny is I was talking to my mom about this when I was researching it. She's like, oh, my God, that railroad scared me as a kid. And I was like, really? Why? She's like, I got lost on it. <laughs> I was just like, you, you get got lost, lost on, the- on the... Her parents left her on the oh, railroad. <laughs> she couldn't find her parents. My Bubby and Papa, the ones who are buried with Walt Disney. <laughs> um, wow. And so the irony there is just real strong. But it's interesting because apparently... And I... One of the things I wanted to point out, and I'm going to mention this in a little bit, too, is that I'm giving you a lot of, like, ghost stories without any incidents right now. These are all just, like, things that have happened in these areas, but there's not been, like, a documented, like, death or documented accident on these particular places. So Main Street hasn't had anything. Disneyland Railroad also hasn't had anything. But staff claim to witness that there's an apparition of a man in a conductor's hat smoking a French cigarette while walking on the tracks late at night. Some people think it's Walt because he did smoke a bunch. Um, And some also claim to smell the scent of a burning cigarette nearby. And this is actually a pattern with Walt Disney's spirit presence. You can actually, like a lot of people say that when they see him, they smell cigarettes or they'll smell cigarettes in areas where he tends to be seen. So it's kind of like that sensory, I don't know, presence uh, there potentially. How often, out of curiosity, are these moments being reported by people who know about it, who know that this is a spot where people smell cigarette smoke because Walt Disney's spirit may or may not be hanging out? That's a great question, and I don't have the answer to it. That would be – and again, I'm only curious because we are – 
again, I'm not to I, I'm not trying to be like asshole Scully. I'm asking these questions as I would on any investigation we were doing. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is just like you call in a paranormal investigator, these are questions they're gonna ask. Yeah. We as people are highly open to the power of suggestion. So mm-hmm. if you have a bunch of people who are going to a spot they know that Walt Disney's ghost hangs out at and they're hoping to maybe have an encounter and they smell cigarette smoke, how much of that is them actually smelling it and how much of that is them thinking they projecting do because they it. want to and projecting it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's possible. It's definitely possible. I don't know the answer to that, to be yeah. honest. And okay. I think that's one of the things that's definitely good to bring up so our listeners can choose what they think. Um, some other places where the cigarette smoke has been smelled is in Club 33, which is that specialized upstairs um, in New Orleans Square. It's like a bar lounge type area that you mm-hmm. have to like be a member to go into. Um, apparently, Walt's wife is seen there. A woman named Mary has been seen there. Hmm. Um, and Walt has been physically seen there. And they can people can smell the, the cigarette smoke and identify that as Walt. Hmm. Um So that's another thing with his presence, not just on the railroad, but in a couple other spots. But on the railroad, apparently there is Ole Harley, who is allegedly the spirit of an old conductor who died of a heart attack on engine number three. Sure. Oh, my gosh. The research on this really threw me for one because the engine number three is also named Fred Gurley, who was an actual um, conductor. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of the opening of Disneyland and was on the Disneyland Railroad. And that's why they named the engine after him. But when I tried to figure this out, I was like, Fred Gurley died on the railroad? (laughs) It's just like, no, I was so confused by this. But no, he did not die on the railroad. He just was there to christen it. And then they named it after him. So the old (laughs) conductor who died of a heart attack is nicknamed Old Harley, which kind of Harley and Gurley look similar. So just yeah. really threw me for one. Well, and again, I kind of feel like this is how sometimes you do have those things get misreported because right. of, of weird little things like this. Yeah, I almost misreported it. And then I went back and researched <laughs> things and I was like, wait a minute, Gurley didn't die there. Like he just was one of the special railroad guys that was like featured when mm-hmm. this opened. And so that's why he got the name of the, the train was named after him. So yeah. Anyway, that was a fun little history fact of how to not get confused with your hauntings. Um, <laughs> but there are also fun fact, I did not find anything on a person who died of a heart attack on the railroad. So sure, sure. I don't know how legit that is. Um, then there's also, this one's real spooky. So oh. when I read this one, it like really gave me the, 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 the chills. King Arthur's Carousel. The carousel that you see when you walk through Sleeping Beauty's castle and you see that massive carousel. Sure, yeah. Built in 1875, is old. It was an opening day attraction. Mm-hmm. Apparently, late at night, after mm-hmm. the park closes, people see shadow figures mm. going between the horses on Ooh. the carousel. And even creepier, park employees one time witnessed, after all the power was out, yeah. the carousel turn on on its own, start going backwards and the music was playing backwards at the same time so it was opening its portal to hell is what it was at 3 a.m that is spooky as shit if that happened to me i would lose my mind and run the other direction i'd be like goodbye no thank you bye-bye that is a little that is a thing that's a thing it's a thing yeah 
But there hasn't been an accident on it, but we don't know necessarily. If this thing was built in 1875 and then transported to Disneyland, like you don't know the history of it before Disneyland. True. So there's like a good chunk of time where like maybe there was an accident and a kid died on it or something. Like it's, Mm. you know, especially back in the day. No, um, it's true. It's true. Could have happened. Then there's Pirates of the Caribbean. One of my favorite rides of all time. I freaking love Pirates of the Caribbean. Apparently there is a little kid ghost that gets caught on camera in the boat multiple times. Um, And it's also seen. I've heard this one. Yeah. And it's also seen to the left of the jail scene, like on the little ledge where like the dog's holding onto the keys and the guys are like, hey, come on. That scene. Apparently there's a little boy scene on the corner there too. Huh. What's interesting is there's also uh, a psychic that went to the Blue Bayou. Have you ever been to the Blue Bayou? It's the restaurant that's above, like, right next to Pirates of the Caribbean. Technically, technically it's inside of it. It's, like, right where the, the I mean, I've, I've never, I don't up. believe I've ever, like, eaten there, but. It's so good. Their food I've, is really uh, good. I've definitely been past it. Yeah, you go right past it when you get on the when ride you, and yeah. you're about to go in. You you go right past this cute little restaurant and it's very, like, New Orleansy, and it's got some cute ambiance. It's very dimly lit. It's got some lanterns. They have really good food. It's very expensive, but it's a mm-hmm. great date night spot. Um, but you got to have a reservation. I am not advertising for them. I just really like the Blue Bayou. <laughs> um, <laughs> apparently... There's a ghost of a man that hangs out there, oh. and on top of this dude, a psychic went there, allegedly, uh, and allegedly, did I say allegedly already? Allegedly. allegedly. had a conversation <laughs> with the spirit of a woman named Sue. Not a and boy that's named all Sue. all I got. <laughs> Just a woman named Sue, and there's a ghost man that hangs out at the restaurant. Huh. Sure. Also, there has not been an accident on Pirates of the Caribbean. This is just a kid hanging out. Um... I'm going to come back to Pirates of the Caribbean when there's another topic that I talk about. So don't forget about Pirates because okay. there's another ride that's right next to it that we're going to close out this chapter of this episode with. Um, so hang tight with that. Just okay. we'll come right back to it. So these, like I mentioned, have all been hauntings that are not necessarily associated with accidents, just hauntings. Sure. But there's definitely a potential where you could associate a haunting with an accident, right? Right. So one of the sources that I used to reference some of these incidents um, was Disney Declassified by Aaron Goldberg. Thank you, Kim, for giving me that source. You're welcome. Um, And for the hauntings, I've actually referenced a book called The Unofficial Guide to Disneyland's Haunted Kingdom by Aubrey Graves. A lot of the sources there are – she has a ton of stuff, which is great. I don't know how, like – provable some of those hauntings are to Kim's point of like it could just be a story we don't know if there's any evidence to support it um but there was a lot of great juicy information so I wanted to give them both credit for some of that information too so let's get into it shall we let's the Matterhorn I freaking love the Matterhorn and I know you love the Matterhorn because it's got a yeti I do I do enjoy the Matterhorn It's pretty good. So four years after opening Disneyland, the Matterhorn bobsleds made its debut in 1959. In May 1964, 15-year-old Mark from Long Beach, California, was riding the Matterhorn. He unbuckled his seatbelt and stood up as his bobsled was approaching the apex, and he was ejected from the bobsled. Oh, buddy. He was found lying on a ledge about three feet from the coaster's track. And it was about a third of the way down the mountain. 
He was rushed to the hospital and unfortunately died of his injuries several days later at the hospital. And the investigation concluded that his death was accidental. Now, there was speculation that he did this as an initiation into like a private club or for some kind of hazing. But most people thought it was just like classic teenage horseplay, which 15-year-old boy, not surprising, but also just dumb. Um, Unfortunate. Very sad. Uh Mark is no longer with us. However, ever since then, cast members have allegedly seen a teenage boy in a hoodie walking around the mountain or standing up in a sled on the ride and then vanishing. Which... To me, standing up in the sled and then vanishing seems like almost a residual. Yeah. Or like a reliving of that moment. Right? Yeah. It, could, it doesn't have to necessarily be a intelligent haunting. It could just be oh, the no. energy. Of just the, the energy, energy of it. There. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then another time, a cast member witnessed what she thought was just a regular teenager mm-hmm. in front of the climber's entrance at the top of the stairs. So she yelled at him to be like, hey, like, what are you doing? And he turned around to look at her, but when she looked at him, he had no face. Oh. It was like a spirit with literally no face and then disappeared. Hmm. She freaked out, ran away. Interesting. Interesting. Very specific, too. Yeah, no, that is very specific. Then, January 1984, <clears throat> unfortunately, there was another accident at the Matterhorn. Uh-huh. 48-year-old Dolly of Fremont, California was riding in the back of the bobsled by herself while her friends were in the front. When she started the ride, her seatbelt was fastened, but either she unfastened it or it malfunctioned, and she was also ejected from the ride. Unfortunately, she landed on the tracks and was hit by another bobsled. And then she was pinned underneath it. (gasps) Can you imagine being in the bobsled as well and knowing there's like... A person a pinned person underneath you. A person pinned underneath you. Yeah, that's that's pretty brutal. Not a great, not the happiest place on earth, if you ask me in that moment. No. Um, unfortunately, she died on the scene. And this was the seventh death in nearly 30 years with about 230 million visitors. So that's okay. just some information for you. Now, the place where she landed and died was dubbed Dolly's Dip. Dolly apparently still hangs out there because she's been seen by both guests and cast members walking alongside the tracks and also physically just standing in Dolly's dip. Hmm. Some say that at night she glows white. Mm-hmm. You sure it's not the Yeti? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I was like. The Yeti's white. It might be the Yeti. Is she like growling and having red glowing eyes? Hmm. Oh, that's, that's the Yeti. That's the Yeti. In 1988, two guests saw a woman on the tracks in front of them, and as they got closer, they thought it was an actual person, so they yelled, look out! But when they looked back, there was no one there. Hmm. That could also be residual, right? Yeah, yeah. Potentially, I don't know. Just, it's, I mean, again, think? it's, well, without, I mean, has anyone tried to make direct contact? Like, has there been... An investigation? Investigations. Has there been any reports of of the spirit actually, like, trying to speak to somebody, trying to? There may have been, but it might not have been documented. I couldn't find it. From from what you're telling me, again, it's really hard to say without more information. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's very possible it's a residual. If it seems to mostly be the same thing and the same activity in the same moment, then yeah, probably residual. But um, without more information, I don't want to say that definitively. For sure. But what you can say is that if there is a ghost, it likely is probably those guys. That would be, to me, the most likely culprit. Um, In my honest opinion, this specific example of these accidents and these hauntings are the most I would think that about anything in any of these examples, which is why I wanted to start with it. Yeah, yeah. So that's Matterhorn. Uh There's also, I'll I'll tell you a story of something that I heard that happened more recently, Uh and... I heard this from a friend of a friend who is a cast member of a woman who like stood halfway up and was almost decapitated mm-hmm. from the tunnel um, and died. I couldn't find anything specific to that, um, but I do know that that's a story. And that's something I heard from someone who I know has worked there in the last decade. Mm-hmm. So I don't know when that happened or who it happened to, their name anything like that, but that is another one of the stories that's an accident and sure. a death. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard of the people mover? Not at the top of my head, no. So initially, it was it came from Disney's work in the 1964-1965 New York World's Fair, which is pretty cool. Um, it was a way to transport people from point A to point B using electricity and rubber tires to move the cars down the track at about two to seven miles per hour with an aerial view of the park below. So it was high up, and mm-hmm. you could see the park below you. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like a ride, but also functional. It gets you from point A to point B. Sure. And it didn't go very fast. It was pretty slow. So leave it to the daredevils to take advantage of the slow-moving cars and close proximity to each other to hop from train to train that high up. Dumb move. But yeah. kids are going to be kids. So in August 1967, 15-year-old Rick from Hawthorne, California, tried hopping cars and fell. He actually got caught under the wheels of the people mover and was dragged to his death, unfortunately. In June 1980, Gerardo from San Diego climbed out of his people mover to attempt to climb into another, but lost his footing and fell onto the track where he was struck by and dragged by another car until the ride operators noticed and then stopped the ride. And he was pronounced dead at 1.30 a.m. on the scene due to internal injuries. Uh. Gerardo's death was the last for this ride as it closed in 1995. Um, So it's not a ride that's still around, um, which is why you probably haven't heard of it. So that was one of those. Now, there are a couple different spirits that Mm -hmm. hang out in the area. One is uh, apparently a a young man. And I think it it might be referencing Gerardo, who had a blonde girlfriend. And so it still haunts the area. And whenever a blonde person woman walks by they tend to get their hair pulled allegedly 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 (laughs) um there's also a young girl in white seen in the area but again maybe she came from something else there wasn't an accident with a young girl Hmm. so but that area it's pretty dense right there's a lot of stuff in that vicinity so it doesn't just because she was seen in that area doesn't mean it's from that ride so then there's the monorail Um, Monorail opened June of 1959. It was the first of its kind in North America, fun fact, which I didn't know. I thought that was cool. Yeah. In June 1966, 
on Disneyland grad night. It was a thing that they had for Southern California high school seniors where they would invite all the high school seniors to come. 19-year-old Thomas from Northridge, California. That's mm-hmm. where I went to college. Oh, um, that's kind of cool. Kelsey Northridge. Um, hmm. Anyway, Thomas attempted to sneak into the park by scaling the 16-foot fence on Harbor Boulevard. Once he was over it, he hopped on the monorail beam. Security saw him, tried to warn him to get off the track, but they were too late as the monorail hit him and killed him instantly. There apparently is an apparition of a man walking along the track, and that sometimes causes first-time employees to halt the train and check security cameras to see if there's a person out there. But when they go check, they just see, like, a misty something of substance apparition that disappears. Hmm. Okay. Maybe it's Thomas. Who knows? Rivers of America. Rivers of America is in... Uh, New Orleans Square. It's that big body of water that encompasses the Tom Sawyer Island. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they have the big ships. So they have the Mark Twain, which is the steamboat. And then they have the sailing ship Columbia, which is the one that looks like a pirate ship that goes through that little river area. Uh And it's a symbol of the Missouri River. And the Rivers of America actually has some sad stories associated with it of drownings. Um, There are two. One is an 18-year-old in 1973 on June 20th. Um, a New York resident and his 10-year-old brother stayed on Tom Sawyer's Island past closing time and were off limits. And they were trying to leave the island after closing time. But the only way they could leave the island was by swimming across the river. And the younger boy didn't know how to swim. So the older uh. boy attempted to carry his brother on his back across the river but drowned oh halfway geez. across oh. and his body was found the next morning um the younger brother fortunately was able to stay afloat just by like doggy paddling until someone found him and he survived but his brother did not oh. super sad on june 4th 1983 an 18 year old man from albuquerque new mexico drowned in the rivers of america while trying to um Pilot a rubber emergency boat from Tom Sawyer's Island. Uh, He was being a bit of an idiot. Um, He and his friend had stolen it from a restricted area during grad night, and they were were intoxicated. So, you know, alcohol does something to Uh, you. And apparently what ended up happening was that they both just ended up uh, drowning. So some of the stories are said that the, the boys still haunt it. You can hear running and giggling on the island. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like the creepiest thing I've ever heard. Because legit, that is just hands down. I'm sorry. That is creepy. Like there's something about the sound of giggling, especially children giggling. Like late at night after yeah. closing. Oh, no, Ooh. no. Yeah. yeah. Little kid giggling when you don't know where it's coming from late at night is a problem. I do yeah. not like it. No, thank you. Goodbye. No, thank you, octopus. But one thing that I thought was interesting is that workers will not go to the island late at night. They just won't do it. It's like that says a lot. When you have someone that's like meant to provide security or, you know, check on the area and make sure everything is good. And these are like grown, grown ass men and women who are like, nope, I'm not doing it. Tells mm-hmm. me something. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Then there's the sailing ship Columbia and it's a replica of the Columbia de, de, de Viva. 
Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's the first American ship to circumnavigate the globe in 1790, fun fact. And it's a replica. It's an exact replica of it. And it just slowly sails the rivers of America. And technically, it is actually on a track. Fun fact, all the boats in the rivers of America are on a track. It's not actually sailing. Um, It opened in 1958. It's still in use today. And unfortunately, on Christmas Eve in 1998, there was a not-so-great thing that happened. And... Uh, 33-year-old Luan from Duval, Washington. Oh. And his wife, Liu, and their son and grandson were visiting, waiting to board the sailing ship Columbia. So they're Uh standing at the dock waiting for the ship to allow them to board. Sure. As the ship approached, a cast member threw a rope onto the eight-pound cleat, which if you don't know what a cleat is, it's that, like, metal like chunk that's attached to the dock that's meant to act as an anchor so that you can put a rope around it and it holds the ship in place. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Sure. Um, It usually looks kind of like a T and Uh you just wrap the the rope around it. So they throw this this big rope onto this eight-pound metal cleat, but the strain on the cleat from the moving ship caused the bolts of the cleat the cleat to come loose and it flung the cleat into the air into the <gasps> crowd waiting to board oh 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 yeah it's bad it actually hit a cast member in the foot first mm. and then it shat and it also shattered their foot bones which is awful mm. and then hit luan and leo in the head and neck luan passed <sighs> from a brain hemorrhage and uh. skull fracture injuries uh. Unfortunately, and Liu suffered severe facial trauma and paralysis and required a ton of surgeries from this injury. OSHA did an investigation on this. They determined that the cast member that threw the rope was actually lacking training in this. They were substituting for another cast member who was properly trained and they never got proper training in it. Um, So they had an initial citation for not enough training and a second citation for overloading the cleat because the ship was actually moving faster than it should have been. So Uh, the amount of pressure on the cleat was more than normal, plus the person managing it didn't know what they were doing. uh, Um, So they shouldn't have attempted to dock the ship at all at that pace. So the Anaheim PD were also criticized during this time. Um, for not showing up until four hours after the incident, which seems like nuts that it would take them four hours to get there. Especially Um, Disney. Well, so what's interesting is that apparently it was because they had to get through security and get through a bunch of people to get in. And that's why it took so long. And Uh. so after this happened, there actually was a permanent Anaheim PD station instated inside the park to prevent something like this from happening again. Um, there was also a lawsuit against Disney for this, and it resulted in an over $20 million settlement in October oh, of 2000. All right, then. Which it doesn't bring back Luan or fix Leo's injuries, and the details of the case were never publicly released. There's a pattern here with that. Anytime there was any kind of incident and a lawsuit that happened from it, gen- generally speaking, settlements happened before anything could go to trial for, like, every single one of them. Sure. But this just goes to show you that a ride doesn't have to be fast and intense to be dangerous. Like, this is a very slow-moving ship that you're just going to get on and hang out on and look what happened. Like, freak accident, right? Now, the hauntings associated with the ship, um, apparently when cast members go below the deck after hours claim to be grabbed on the shoulder by an unforeseen force. Well, that's creepy. Definitely creepy, but I don't know if it's Luan. You don't know who it is. Oh, no. But I mean, it's creepy no matter what. (laughs) That's true. Don't grab my shoulder. Just don't do it. Um, 
Another cast member claimed to see a full-bodied apparition of what looked like a young Walt Disney in a misty form and then vanished. Sure. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Sure. Why not? Across the world, new threats emerge. Man-apes prowl the forests of North America. Giant cephalopods entwine ships in the Pacific. Man-eating crocodiles gnash unsuspecting swimmers in Australia. But one bureau has you covered with the latest on monstrous shenanigans in your backyard. Tune in, gentle listeners, for breaking news fresh from the teletype. Listen closely, for your lives may depend on it. Turn up the volume. It's time for... Are you ready for a curse? Sure. I don't know if you're ready for a curse. Curse or no curse, Kim? (laughs) I pick curse. Oh, no. Big Thunder Mountain. Are you ready for it? All right. Bring it. All right. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad debuted in 1979 at the cost of $16 million, almost the same cost of all of Disneyland in 1955. Jeez. It was, fun fact, actually inspired by a literal ghost story and a literal ghost train. Um, The story was of a mining accident that happened in 1849 that killed 26 miners, and that's what inspired Big Thunder Mountain. I love how dark Disney is when you, like, think about it. Um, But since 1991, there have been a ton of accidents and actually a fatality, unfortunately. Uh In June 1991, Grigor from Romania did not speak English, and somehow he ended up on the catwalk next to the track of the ride after getting on the ride. All he remembered was getting on the ride, and then he blacked out and woke up in a hospital bed. And apparently, he felt faint as he was on the ride and then probably passed out, but somehow was flung from the ride and ended up outside of the ride on the catwalk. Um, He has no idea how he got there. No one knows how he got there. Thankfully, he survived. But that is some weird shit right there. Wow. Isn't that weird? That's super weird. And can you imagine being from a foreign country and not speaking the language and going through that? Like, I can't even fathom that. No. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) March 1998, five-year-old David from La Jolla, California, was finally tall enough to ride Big Thunder Mountain. He was stoked to go on this ride. And I'm not going to get into the details of this because when I did, I was like, no, thank you. So unfortunately, on his last ride, he stuck his foot out of the car as the car slowed down about 25 feet from the exit area. You know how like a little kid will like stick their foot out on a bike and slow themselves down on a bike? Uh Like that was his thought process, apparently, from what his mom said. And his foot got stuck between the track and the ground at one point and it like half of his foot was ripped off um in his shoe so the shoe still had his foot in it Mm. um and so part of his foot was salvaged his toes had to be amputated but he survived okay so he lived he didn't die david five-year-old david in 1998 hallelujah he's around just missing a couple toes um september 5th 2003 Marcelo of Gardena was riding in the front car and it actually detached from the rest of the cars and was derailed, causing Marcelo to suffer blunt force trauma to the chest and he died um, on scene. 
OSHA's accident report faulted the park maintenance workers, the operators, and a mechanic as apparently they noted a clanking noise Mm. right before this happened. But they were like, no, we'll just try for one more ride. It's probably fine. Sure. You just killed a dude. Like, it's (sighs) not fine. Um, This resulted in a lawsuit against Disneyland, but the terms and details were confidential. Yeah. Kim, cursed or not cursed? I mean, honestly, because, again, I'm not one that puts a lot of stock in curses. <laughs> I think when you're dealing with a giant ass ride. <laughs> um, it's an ass ride? It's an ass ride. It's a giant <laughs> ass ride. Uh, but, no, I mean, like, honestly, sometimes you have to consider it's a miracle more people don't get injured on some of these. It's really interesting that you say that because – when we get to the end of this, I'll give you some statistics of how I, I was going to say happens. statistically, what's the because you think about how many I mean, it's 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 kind of like um, people freak out about shark attacks. But statistically, statistically, I mean, accidents do happen. It Right. Um, I think one of the things to point out is that and I'll just give you some of the statistics right now since we are talking about it. Sure. The theme park industry in general says that the odds are one in 24 million of people being seriously injured and one in 750 million of being fatally injured at a theme park. So it's not like it's not very likely at all for that to happen. Um, Thunder Mountain Railroad. Um, so basically, uh, shadow people are witnessed sure. in the tunnels by the employees. Creepy. Um, super creepy. Honestly, like some of these rides are creepy by themselves without the ghosts. Oh, and yeah. And then it, you make it nighttime and then lights are weird and then you see a shadow. Ooh, I'm gone. Like real quick. There's also a blurred apparition apparently walking around the track that triggers employees to shut down the ride thinking it's a person. Um, and every time they shut it down thinking it's a person, they go check it out. There's nobody there. Well, that's creepy. Which I think that's super creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, allegedly it also houses the spirit of an older man on the trail right next to Big Thunder Mountain, the Big mm. Thunder Trail. Mm-hmm. This dude walks up to people and whispers their name in their ear. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> super creepy. So that, yeah, Big Thunder Mountain, definitely big Creepy Mountain. Speaking of mountains, Space Mountain, my favorite ride of all time. Well, no, I lied. Second favorite ride of all time. I'm getting to my favorite one. Um, it opened in 1977 and definitely is turbulent. Have you, you've, you've been on Space Mountain before, yes? Yes. Oh, absolutely, yes. I love Space Mountain. And it's I have a problem a with heights, ride. but that's why I like it. You can't, you can't really see. tell. Yeah, you can't tell how high up you are. It's so dark. You can't see anything. Um, It's very bumpy and turbulent, though. So it's definitely one of those that, like, it's not necessarily for everyone. Um, In August 1979, a woman named Cheryl lost consciousness on the ride and was rushed to a hospital for care and then died a week later. Apparently, it wasn't due to the ride. However, she had a heart tumor that had dislodged, apparently traveled to her brain somehow and caused her death, according to the coroner's office. So underlying health conditions can also cause deaths. In 1983, teenage James was dislodged and thrown from the ride, suffering brain damage and partial paralysis, which ensued in a very ugly trial that Disney ultimately won, um, which is nuts. I was reading about this trial. If you want to look it up, you totally can. Um, But it basically had him in the courtroom suing Disney and Disney won. 
Um, and he was like in a wheelchair and paralyzed and Disney won. Um, there have been a variety of minor injuries caused on the ride as well. And from 2007 to 2012, Space Mountain had more incidents than any other ride anywhere in Southern California, not just Disneyland, which is uh, wow, nuts. So there were about uh, over 120 incidents. But again, statistics, to give you some perspective, in this five years, 44 million people rode it, which means that there was one incident per every 367,000 riders. Sure. So it sounds like a lot. Context is important. Now, hauntings. They have an alleged roller coaster. I'm I sorry. Did lo- you say, did you say roller ghoster? <laughs> I said roller ghost. Have you been waiting all day to say that yes. pun? Oh my I've been God. <laughs> so excited to say roller ghoster to you. It's claimed to be haunted by multiple spirits who even ride the rides, which I think is so fun. Like, could you imagine? You die. You go back to Disneyland for your afterlife so you can just hang out on Space Mountain all the time. Like, <laughs> that sounds awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm here for it. But although if I, like, died on it, that might be traumatic. <laughs> so wait, hold on. Are you saying it might have been a residual and that's why he's riding the ride? I don't, I don't know. I, I guess... Clarifying question. Yeah. Is the haunting scene in like the same car? So I'm so glad you asked him because I have a video for you. <gasps> oh, all right. This all right. was caught on security cameras. So let me tell you a little bit about it first and okay. then you can look at it and tell me what you think. So okay. um, first of all, the doors within Space Mountain are thought to open on their own in certain areas, which is super spooky. Mm-hmm. Um. There's also a spirit of a late cast member named Disco Debbie that's been hanging around since allegedly. <laughs> Sorry, I love Disco Debbie. Disco Debbie, Debbie yes. <laughs> but apparently she died in 1979 of an aneurysm and is seen as a glowing green source flying around in the dark. Um, I couldn't find anything about someone dying of an aneurysm named Debbie in 1979. I don't know if that's legit or not, but I don't know. You've been on Space Mountain. I've been on Space Mountain. If there's green things floating around in the dark, that's literally what the ride is. Like, that's literally the ride. So maybe it's not a ghost and maybe it's just like, I don't know, special effects. Um, But the one that I was telling you about, his name is Mr. One Way. He has a name, Mr. One Way. Um, Allegedly, he is seen standing in line and then getting into a car with someone who is riding alone. And then disappears. He also allegedly has red hair. So I want to share this video with you. Okay. It's like kind of like a transparent, shiny. No, I mean, I see it. Do you see it? But like, uh, I mean, because like I I see something. I can't tell you that I think that that's something supernatural. It kind of looks like just a normal variation in the, the... great of the film or it could be a light but again when i'm looking at something specifically looking for a ghost then you're gonna see a ghost so so i'd say with whatever ones you're gonna show me don't sh- don't tell me what to look for Just i won't ask tell me you the next it. one yeah. okay cool but at least you could see that that's mr one way apparently um for space mountain 
Sure. So for those of you that want to see this video, I'll put this link in our show notes so you can look at it on your own. It's about two minutes and 30 seconds in for Mr. One Way. Um, and it's the five Disneyland ghosts caught on video. Uh, again, YouTube. So take it for what it is. Um, that's one thing I just have to give that disclaimer for. So uh, another ghost that they tend to see at um, Space Mountain is a ghost without a face in a Disneyland maintenance uniform that walks around and hangs out at the ride. So potentially a past cast member still has like an attachment there. Okay. Sure. This brings me to my favorite haunt, my favorite ride, probably your favorite ride too. But the 999 haunts already exist at this ride, which is the Haunted Mansion. Save the best for last. So... I think it's totally actually haunted. Um, It actually opened in 1969. And allegedly. 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 Disneyland welcomed real spirits to reside in the mansion to make it more authentic or legit. What could go wrong? Who knows? Um, This is a quote direct from Walt Disney. We're going to have ghosts from all over the world, but we haven't got the ghosts in yet. We're out collecting the ghosts, and we're making it very attractive for them, hoping they're going to want to come and stay at Disneyland so we can guarantee creaking doors and creaking floors. End quote. 1965, Walt Disney talking about the Haunted Mansion. It's what could go wrong asking invi- actively inviting ghosts into here? You know, speaking of actively asking for ghosts to come hang out, apparently, this is a nice legend moment, legend and lore moment, Madame Leota's Ouija board, because she uh-huh. has one, uh-huh. um, has actually been used in real seances. Ooh, spooky. We already talked about Ouija boards, though, so you know how we feel about that. Um And then, you know, the only account of an actual accident at the Haunted Mansion was a young man who died, who was trying to leave his doom buggy on grad night in um, the seance room where Madame Leota is. Mm -hmm. Um, And he didn't realize that there was a big drop between the doom buggies and the room. It was about a 15 foot drop. Yeah, that's unfortunate. (laughs) To his death and made it a thousand ghosts. So... Friends, please don't go to Haunted Mansion and try to become one of the ghosts. Um, Just say no. Just say no. Um, This has not been, like, fully verified. I found a couple things on it, but it didn't give a name. So I struggle when there isn't a name or date per usual. You and I both, friend. You and I Um, both. So take it for with a grain of salt, but also it's potentially a thing. Now, my section for hauntings on this is pretty vigorous. So there have been multiple locations in and around the Haunted Mansion with reports of hauntings. Reports of disembodied voices, footsteps, knocks, and music have all been heard in and around the attraction after hours, after things are already shut off, power is out. Shadows have also been reported seen after hours, too. Okay. During the first year of construction, apparently workers could hear muffled voices throughout the hallways, almost like they could hear like a muffled conversation happening. Mm. Um, And even to this day, employees say that they hear similar sounds after hours, too. Um, I've actually had that experience at my parents' house. Fun fact. Oh. (laughs) Where you like 
hear like a conversation happening, almost like a distant TV conversation, but there's no TV on anywhere near you. And it just sounds muffled and you can't make out the like words that people are saying, but it almost sounds like a busy room of conversations, like a restaurant almost. Um, <clears throat> so that's a thing. That's a thing. Uh, there is also an incident in the 60s of a young child who loved the haunted mansion and he had a terminal disease and unfortunately he passed away, not at Disneyland, just in general passed away. And his mom knew that he loved the haunted mansion so much, um, got permission from Disneyland to do a memorial for him inside of the attraction, which like good on her for getting permission and doing that. Like, that's so cool. But like, that would never happen today. Um, Apparently, she also asked if she could spread his ashes throughout the ride. Mm. Of course, Disneyland is like, yeah, no, you, you're taking it a step too far. We'll let you do a memorial. But yeah, no, you can't dump the ashes. But she did it anyway. That's Hell fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good mom. Um, <laughs> so what's really interesting is after this happened, the little boy's spirit could be seen and heard, especially closer to the end of the ride. And dozens of people have claimed to see a little boy sitting in a corner crying for his mom. Oh, isn't that so sad? That's sad. And whenever someone, a guest or a, you know, a cast member approaches him to see like, hey, hey, buddy, you okay? Um, He either immediately disappears, like physically, or asks for his mom and then disappears. (gasps) Oh, buddy's confused. Um... Cast have also felt the sensation of a child tugging at their clothes. I think you've told me about this in the past that, like, you sometimes have felt like when you're walking in an area where there's, like, kid hauntings, you'll feel like someone tugging on you or something. Well, I've had Does that, that happen. happen yeah, at Merchant's Cafe. Um, it's funny because it's happened now more than once when I um, – for anyone who's ever taken my ghost tour or for anyone who hasn't, I suppose uh, – when we go into Merchant's Cafe, the tour guides, we have to confirm that there's no customers downstairs because if there are, we can't bring a tour downstairs. And so I always pop my head in first and the bartenders are usually too busy or they don't see me. So I just walk downstairs and take a peek. And on multiple occasions, walking back up the stairs. And again, nobody is with me at this point. I have felt someone tugging on the back of my dress, much like a little kid would do trying to get my attention. So that also has happened in the Haunted Mansion. That's cool. And so I, I know I remembered you talking about that at one point. So I wanted to point that out because that's like a thing that happens from time and to it's, time. It's a really distinct feeling too. I mean, I feel like, I, I mean, everyone's had their clothes maybe like tugged at to get attention. But I feel like for for anyone who's worn a skirt or a dress specifically, mm-hmm. it's such a specific feeling to have someone of a shorter stature tugging at your dress. Like, hello, sir, yeah, ma'am, it, hi, can it's I get like your you, attention, please? You feel the intention in the tug, if that makes sense. Yeah. And if 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 you're a human who is, has never worn a dress or a skirt and had that happen, it's, it's kind of hard to explain that like... As soon as you feel it, you know exactly. I mean, I guess it, somebody wearing pants, you could have a similar yeah, tug, or a shirt but it's or something. Yeah, it's just something about the because I've had it happen in all manner of clothing. There's something about getting my skirt tugged specifically that I just associate with like that little kid who needs me to turn around right away because they have a question. Yeah, 
Especially because you work with kids and you know how like kids are. It's, well, and that's where I say like I've I've had them tug, I've had them tug at pants, I've had them tug my shirt. It's different when they're tugging my skirt, and I don't know why. <laughs> Nuanced details. Look at Nuanced that. Nuanced details. You know what's interesting though is that in this particular instance of a child pulling on clothes, oftentimes it leaves behind a dusty handprint. Oh, like a little tiny little kid. And has anyone taken a picture of this I handprint? I wish they did. Damn it. <laughs> you you knew I was going to ask that, didn't you? You knew. I know everything you're going to say. Of course you're going to ask well, that. Because these are the, like, because you're a paranormal investigator as well. These are the things we're supposed to ask. That's why I get so excited to talk about this stuff, because we can really pinpoint the things that seem more legit versus the things that don't. And, like... That's a good example. But another thing, too, you know how much we, what was the one thing we hate the most? Zach Baggins. I mean, that too, but like at <laughs> Disneyland, we talked about not liking and not wanting to ever hear ever again. It's a world of laughter, a world of glee. It's a world of hope and a world of fuck. <laughs> it is a that- world of fuck of children laughing that are ghosts. Oh, yes. sorry. I thought just... <laughs> I was like, what do I not want to hear at Disneyland? It's a small world. That's what but I do want to hear. It's a world of laughter. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Ghosts, little kid ghost ghosts, laughing. Laughing. Ghost laughing. I, I, yeah. No. No yeah. thank you. No thank no. you, octopus. No. Apparently, people also hear children giggling after closing in the haunted mansion. Nope. Shut it down. Sidebar. I need to do a quick sidebar here because I mentioned ashes. And this is something to discuss because. Speaking of spreading ashes in this attraction, uh-huh. this is apparently a common thing that happens at Disneyland. Oh. <laughs> I've heard people I don't know if you do know this. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is one of those things I've actually heard quite a bit that like they yeah. have people who are well, because it's the haunted mansions where it happens the most, where they mm-hmm. actually have somebody. I don't want to steal your thunder. You can tell the story, no, but I've, I've heard. Go for it. Well, from what I've heard is that they actually have somebody who like goes through at the end of each day. To, like, vacuum up the ashes because so many people try to release ashes. But everything is, I mean, it's like, my God, people, it's the year 2022. Everything is CCTV. Everything. Yep. Every single place. There, you can't pick your nose and not have somebody see it at Disneyland. Well, it's literally like every time, I don't know about you, but every time I go on Pirates of the Caribbean, the second anyone starts to try to stand up. Oh, yeah. Boom. They stop the rides like, sir, yeah. sit down. Like, <laughs> like yell at you. And well, they'll stop every ride, and everyone's always like sitting there, like, oh God. You come can on. pinpoint the tiny little lights to yeah, see where the, the cameras. cameras are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, no one should be surprised by no. the fact that at every single moment of your visit to Disneyland, you are on video. Oh, for sure. I mean, if they have the rules that they have for their employees. You bet your butt they're watching every single person there. But the technology they have, the money, are you kidding? Uh So, I mean, it is kind of silly to, like, just think you're going to get away with sneaking in your ashes. But I did hear the same story about how people actually commonly put ashes in the Haunted Mansion, um, which kind of seems mean, too, because then you're limiting someone to haunt that specific place. Like, why not just put it in the park and have them roam around Disneyland? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. But, hey, um, I also think it's funny that the Haunted Mansion tries to look dirty because it's a Haunted Mansion. Mm -hmm. So, like, how do you determine what is ashes and what is intentional fake dirt and not human remains? Like, 
<laughs> Sometimes that can be hard to decipher. Um, but what's interesting is every few years, a story will pop up about a person that gets caught sprinkling a mysterious powder near a certain ride or an attraction. And that was what I'm going to go back to Pirates of the Caribbean really quick, because in 2007, a woman sprinkled something uh, in the ride and it shut the ride down for 45 minutes. Kind of like I was saying, God forbid someone stands up in Pirates of the Caribbean, they'll stop it. Same exact mm-hmm. thing happened. And a similar incident actually happened in 2019. Both times, the substance was claimed to be baby powder, not human remains, which to me, I'm like, that is bullshit. You're, why would you put baby powder in a ride? That makes no sense. Um, but both times, Disney actually, when asked, did someone scatter ashes at Disneyland? They said no. They were in denial. Again, not wanting to mess up a reputation or an image. And I get it. Like, No, it's, yeah. I understand. Yeah. 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 However, yeah. in 2018, a Wall Street Journal article claimed that anonymous Disney custodians said that it happens way more often than anyone ever expect. Seriously? And, um, uh-huh. And for its part, Disney still denies that it happens. So, you know, we don't know who does it, who doesn't. It's known that it happens. But as far as numbers and, like, evidence. Evidence. It's not exactly there. However, (laughs) apparently, I think this is very funny. The family member who gets coerced into being the ash spreader will get a lifetime ban from all Disney parks. So don't do it, apparently. Although, I I have a question. (laughs) Okay, yes. How do you enforce a lifetime ban? That's a great question, and you should ask Disney, not me. I, I'm like, I'm actually, every time I hear, like, they have been banned from all Red Robin restaurants. I'm like, but Red how? Robin. I don't know. Like, Chili's. <laughs> I watched The Office recently, and I know that Pam got banned from Chili's. But, like, how do they know? <laughs> the more you know. I don't know. You know. I, just, I have questions, Gabby. I have questions. I, Kim always has questions. That's why I love Kim. Um, Kim wants to know everything. Well, Apparently, the crew at Disney World will sweep up your ashes and put them in a dumpster. Oh, <laughs> dumpster ashes. Dumpster ashes. Do you want a haunted dumpster? Dumpster ghost. Um, actually, I would love a haunted dumpster. That sounds like a great band name. That's the best band name. Y'all, we're starting dumpster a band. Cool. <gasps> haunted dumpster. Ghoulish cool. dumpster. <laughs> that sounds less appealing. <laughs> Dumb. Okay, also, this is my favorite part, and then we'll change the subject and get back to the ghosts. But apparently Disney (laughs) cast members have a code phrase for when people dump ashes, and it's either... White powder alert. Oh no. That sounds like cocaine to me. It's like that. I take I have a very different interpretation of what white powder alert no. is. Or sometimes code grandma. Oh my god. What the why? Why are you dumping your grandma? Maybe she liked the haunted mansion. I don't know. That's gonna be me. You're you it's Gabby. Code grandma. I will I will dump your ashes in the haunted mansion. <laughs> but only yours, no one else's. So back to the ghosties. <laughs> we are always on task. Boom. Woo. 
Um, according to a local psychic, another little boy haunts the attraction. And his story is a tragic one, but also we don't have evidence if it's true. Allegedly, there Allegedly. is a murder-suicide associated with oh. this space. Okay, and well, that, it is a little boy named Brandon. And his stepfather apparently took him on a walk through the orange grove that preoccupied oh. Disneyland before it was there and murder-suicided them. Oh, jeez. There is no, I could not find anything on this. No, of course you couldn't, because it probably didn't happen. But it's so specific. Brandon well, and stepdad? Like... Yeah, because because when people are cre- listen, do you ever go on Reddit? <laughs> Not as much as you do. It's listen, it's it's very informative. Um, one of the things I found uh, reading Reddit posts is well, and reading any advice columns is how often people use this as like a writing exercise, and the amount of fiction gets spun, and you have to do just enough of a detail to make it sound convincing. But not make it so hyper specific that people can tell you're lying. So of course it's a stepfather and a Brandon. Those are easy details That's to perfect. throw in. That's exactly what you're talking about. Or even, I mean, again, let's bring it back to ghosts because that's what we're supposed to be talking about. That's true. Um, <laughs> thinking back to, um, well, more recently our Point Defiance episode. Yeah. Where we had the boathouse and these very weird specific details that I could find no record of, and. The Empress Hotel, where there was the the maid who had had that tragic fall. Now, there was some very specific details in that that had been added to a story that was based in truth and then been wildly exaggerated through the years because history is a giant game of telephone. It truly is. I went off it's on a tangent. I'm sorry. especially a game of telephone when you have cast members at Disneyland oh, with absolutely. wild imaginations. And actors? My God. Forget about it. Forget Let's see how, I don't know. about Guys, it. Guys, I have no idea how credible this entire episode is. I'm just going to say that at this point in time. <laughs> like, the only thing that can be credible right now are all the tragedies that I could give dates and names to. Yeah. Everything else, hearsay. Everything else, telephone. But, you know, hey, it's fun. So we're going to Entertaining telephone. Don't get Ooh, me wrong. Super Absolutely entertaining, entertaining telephone. Mm-hmm. I just... I get it's it's why I kind of get sort of up in arms sometimes. I get sent so often from from friends, from from listeners, from people I know, accounts, videos, pictures, stories, where they're flipping out about it, and I'm like, okay, I see this, I hear you, but let's take a step back and actually look at the root of this because if you really start to look at it, it is based. Maybe there's some kind of basis in fact, but it's been wildly exaggerated through the years. And rather than yeah. perpetuating false history, let us look to actually doing our due diligence before we spread all of this. Fake Which is news. why there's so many allegedly's today. <laughs> no, it's, and I love it. I love it, and I, and. Again, wildly entertaining. I love this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's fun. It's and fun. Plus, like, this is like the perfect, honestly, happiest place on earth for me because it's happy, but then you're going to add ghosts. This is like the best possible combo. Best possible. Speaking of which, combo. apparently Brandon still haunts the haunted mansion, but oh, specifically Brandon. in the cemetery. And a little boy with a red hat is seen in the cemetery outside. Okay. All right. Um, I don't know if that's Brandon. It could just be another kid. You know, that's like the same thing of like people thinking they see Walt Disney. It could be a dude, random dude. But because they know Walt Disney probably is hanging out, they think it's Walt Disney. Right? So like there's the same kind of concept. So 
Remember that Victorian woman in the white dress we talked about on Main Street? Yeah, I do. Apparently, she is seen passing through the wall from the outside Mm. to the interior of the Mm. haunted mansion. Mm. Um, And there is also a man with a cane that is seen hanging around and a man in a a tuxedo that people see out of the peripheral, out of the corner of their eye. But when they Mm -hmm. look, he's gone. Mm. Um, All within the haunted mansion. Um, And this is all after hours, not during the ride. Because, like, my biggest thing, too, is, like, if you're seeing these things while the ride is happening, how do you distinguish what is ride versus what is real? Absolutely. it's meant to look haunted. Like No, of course. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, but there is a particular compelling video that I want to share with you. And it is, I'm not going to tell you what I see. Perfect. I'm going to show it to you and I'm going to ask you what you think. How does that sound? That sounds perfect. I will tell you this is security footage. Okay. Like security cameras and it's multiple cameras shooting at the same time in the same vicinity, just from different angles. So keep that in mind when you're watching this. Noted. I see a lot of shaky cam. Oh my God. Y'all, y'all calm your tits. Oh, this person should make the next Cloverfield movie. Okay, I see lights. I if you do you see how the lights make that line? Yeah. Yeah. That's and what that's I see what when I'm, I look through my glasses. Yeah, but that's what I but that's what I mean. That's what I'm seeing. So my question is, what is potentially above or below that could be casting that? Right. So if there is a that means there's some kind of light source, right? Is what yes. that makes you think, right? What's interesting about it is there is movement. That looks like legs. No, I see that. I saw that. I just yeah. still would like to know where it's coming from. Where it's coming from. That's a good question. Because I don't it know. look it looks to me not so much like a mist, but it looks like a light. Which it it's a good point to point. Like the legs thing is weird, but again, it looks very much like a traveling light to me and a light with a potentially natural source. And it's hard to tell, too, because you're also looking at a video of a video. Right. The shakiness does not help. The shakiness doesn't help. And again, a video of a video, it's, it's like it, the again, pants. It's the pants and it's, it's, it's telephone. But it is weird. It looks like there's legs walking. It's weird. I'm trying to figure out scale. And that's what's driving me mildly bonkers is trying to figure out scale. Well, you can see trash cans and poles. But that's where so- I say it looks abnormally long to me. But it could be the light yep. that's making it look long, right? Like, But it's hard to say light, without – well, and because, again, it's a video of a video. Right. So, But it does – I don't know. I get that what you're saying. To me, it seems compelling because I don't think I can explain something making those movements like that. No, but again, I'm uncomfortable making any judgment looking at a video of a video. Okay, that's fair. It's sort of I like – respect that. It's, it's, again, it's a second round of telephone. Scully is going to Scully. I need to be skeptical because if now, does that original footage not shaky cammed of this dude's cell phone exist? I'm sure it does. I just couldn't find it. Because I'm also like. Maybe it's not like what's, public what kind of What kind of screen are we looking at? Are we looking at a screen that could be reflecting something at the same time that could be making the image look more or less than it is? Like, again, it's. I am not saying it could not be real. I'm saying right now I have questions and without more information or looking at the original recording, it's hard for me to take this 
standalone as evidence. It could be a piece that you use as part of building a more compelling case. The shaky cam is not helping their case. That is true. And for the listeners that have not seen this video, well, again, it's the same video that I was talking about earlier. Um, I'll put it in our show notes. It is definitely... Um, and I'll also post kind of like a screenshot of it or a little recording of it in our Instagram when we post for this episode so you guys can see. But part of it is the fact that it looks like a light source that is walking through a walkway, leaving the haunted mansion, going out to the like New Orleans Square area between where Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean is and the Rivers of America and just walking out onto the walkway area. But it's seen on four different cameras following the same path. And it looks like a light source. It does look like a light source for sure. Um, that's actually what it was described as too. But what I think is very funny um, is I looked through all the comments because <laughs> mm. I like to see what people say. Sure. Yeah. And I found a Scully commentator. Damn and I right. Feel, I felt like you had to hear it. And yes. um, so this Scully commentator said it was confirmed, I think, last year, all these years that all the ghost videos, first of all, grammar, guys, come on, um, with visible apparitions were just made by a guy and his team as a marketing ploy. They were hired by Disney and even made a fake commercial for a Luxo hugging bear. It's a little more obvious when you realize all the ghost videos were coincidentally uploaded in 2010. Mm. Which makes for a compelling uh, mm-hmm. scully Again, moment. again. When you're looking at a video of a video, someone else could already be manipulating it. That's true. So Scully's going to go Scully. Scully's going to Scully. No. Had to throw it out there. I thought it was no. a very compelling video. I think of all the videos I've seen, there are a bunch of different ones where like it's exactly what you think it is, where someone tells you to look for a ghost so you see a ghost. Um, sure, sure. When oftentimes it could probably be like light reflections or things like that that are causing something to look like a face. Um, or a spider in your camera. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know. To me, this was more compelling than the Space Mountain one. Um, sure. But that's just me. And everybody can yeah. choose their own adventure mm-hmm. with their opinions mm-hmm. on that. But apparently, legend and lore, one of my favorite things about the Haunted Mansion is the cemetery out front that has, like, the fun headstones. Um, and I, fun fact, had cookies made for my wedding <laughs> replicating the headstones. Um but a lot of them, there's actually legend and lore that is that there are actual pets buried in this pet cemetery. Ooh. I don't know if that is a true thing. I don't think it's a true thing, but that is a legend and lore of the haunted mansion. Okay. And one of the other things I wanted to bring up, that's most of the, that's basically a lot of the hauntings. There are some other ones that, you know, are in existence. I don't think they're as viable as some of the ones that we did discuss. And if we talked about all of them all day and all night, it, it would this would be a very long episode. It already is pretty lengthy. So what I wanted to get into are some of the additional deaths, things that did happen at Disneyland that are not necessarily directly associated with the haunting, but doesn't mean that they are not. Like, just because it's not um, described as something that's haunted, it doesn't mean it isn't. We talked about this earlier. Like, accidents happen. Mm-hmm. Um it's life. Rumor has it. Disney tends to skirt through this uh, very morbid yet clever process of not taking ownership for certain things. Um, Uh It's said that Disney will never declare a guest dead in the park, instead transporting their body off of the park property and then having a physician declare them dead afterward. That way no one will ever die at Disney World or Disneyland, allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) That's like a a rumor. 
honestly, it's not likely. Um, moving a corpse around is not legal. <laughs> like, I don't know if you well, guys especially know especially when it's a full-on corpse. Like, yeah. And you're Disney. Like, yeah. <laughs> could you imagine the no. news report that would come out? Disney moving corpse of dead body off premises to not take ownership. Like, doubtful. Tampering with a body is a good way to get into more trouble than someone dying in the park. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, it's a worse off situation. So doubtful that it's even a thing. I, I think everyone has this utopian idea that bad things don't happen at Disneyland on the happiest place on earth. And mm. it should always, it shouldn't ever be known as quote, the Disney death tour, right? That's not exactly how Disney wants to be remembered um, or wants anyone to think of Disneyland. Sure. Has a reputation to maintain and finding details of this stuff, honestly, has been difficult. Like mm-hmm. this has not been an easy research to do. And people go to Disneyland to escape the real world, not to deal with this type of stuff. So when the real world encroaches and starts to seep into the Disney dreams, people have a hard time dealing with it. And I think that that's totally understandable. And we talked accidents, deaths, hauntings, but unfortunately, there's also been a moita and some suicides. So I'm going to give a heads up, trigger warning, murder, suicides. Um, on March 7th, 1981, teenage Mel Yorba was fatally stabbed at Disneyland after grabbing James O'Driscoll's girlfriend's butt. Yorba and O'Driscoll got into a fist fight, but Yorba left it with two stab wounds to the chest. O'Driscoll threw his weapon into Sleeping Beauty's castle's moat and then threw away his blood-soaked shirt in the women's restroom and then left Disneyland. At the same time, Disney didn't allow police into the resort. It's kind of what we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is 1981. Even at this time, Disney felt that having police in the park would ruin the fantasy image of Disney. Mm. So it took a lot longer to get Yorba to a hospital because they wouldn't allow police on the premises. Mm -hmm. And so because it took such a long time to get him help, he died upon arrival, unfortunately. Mm. So Yorba's family sued Disney for $60 million for not providing medical help in a reasonable amount of time, but only they only ended up getting $600,000 to the family, which, like, comparative to $60 million is, like, not a lot. No, it's not. And O'Driscoll was found guilty of second-degree murder and sentenced to 16 years to life in prison. So murder also happens at Disneyland. Very sure. rarely, but it happens. But so it happens. one of the walking around people could be this dude. There's also been reports of three different suicides at the Disneyland Resort at the hotel. We don't know if those people could also be floating around somewhere um, sure. and present. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring that up. The total count of deaths at Disneyland varies depending on what your source is. There's It's a very low double digit as of 2019, allegedly 13 deaths. And compared to Disney World, it's just a fraction of the amount of things that happened. So I could have totally gone down the path of talking about Disney World, too. But guys, look how long this was of just Disneyland. <laughs> like, we could definitely do a Disney World episode at some point in the future. I'm sure we will. There's a wild story about someone dressed up as Pluto getting run over by a float and killed. Like, there's some, like, messed up stories that happened at Disney World, too. But at the end of the day, this brings us to the ultimate question. Who is haunting Disneyland? Is it the people who died on scene? Are there ghosts at all? Is it Walt? Is it all ripe for debunking? We will let you decide. (laughs) So keep your eyes peeled for the unexpected and not so necessarily happy haunts next time you go to Disneyland. So, and this brings us to... (laughs) 
Creepy Critics Corner. Creepy Critics Corner. Kim, what you watching? Uh, well, so I, I did go see a play. I think I texted you about oh, this. Yeah. That at the time of the episode release, will have closed, and it's you know only in Seattle. But if you have an opportunity, if this, if you see this play popping up anywhere, it's called The Thin Place. Yes, you told me about it, and it's really quite interesting because you're following this woman and um you're jumping around time a little bit but she you're you're very much getting at a lot of things from her perspective and and her befriending of of someone who says that they are a medium um and it's i don't know it's 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 kind of unlike a lot of things you'll see it was it was really really well done i saw it at um Act theater here in Seattle, and mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it. So if, if it's a play that pops up, I would just say, or if you want to read it, it it's it was it was utterly delightful. Nice. Um, but what I really want to plug tonight is the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, it, it is currently my top movie of the year. Nice. It's um sci-fi comedy kind of absurd like you uh, i'd seen the trailers for it i thought it looked like fun um i like you know it's got a great cast michelle Yu is is fantastic um i wasn't entirely sure what to expect going into it and it's weird and funny and sweet and you're dealing with the multiverse and and Again, unlike anything I've seen in a really long time. And I I, I don't even want to say too much because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm glad I saw the trailers, but that I didn't read a whole lot about it other than that. Uh, it is, yeah, again, it's currently my top movie of the year. I think it's a movie worth seeing in theaters. The performances across the board are spectacular. It is, it is absolutely, absolutely worth seeing. I really want to see it since you told me about it. It's <laughs> I just really made a bad joke good. about the title, but like when I get a moment to watch a movie. No, it's it it's it's absolutely watch. worth seeing in theaters. Yeah. Nice. What you been watching? I have been watching um actually I've binged another stupid show. Um it's called The Ultimatum and it's on Netflix mm. and it's basically I saw it pop up as a like this is a thing wow we made i'm just gonna say wow um (laughs) basically it's with this it's with nick lachey and his wife um they're the lead the lead people or the hosts of um love is blind um and so they took the premise of like relationship and marriage and all that of love is blind and then had a new show spinoff of the premise is there's a couple one person in the couple is giving the other person an ultimatum to get married And the other person has been wishy-washy about not wanting to get married for one reason or another. And so they bring six couples to one place. Each of one of the couples has given an ultimatum. The other one's unsure. It's all different. Some of the dudes, some of the girls. It just depends on, on the situation. And they are given the opportunity to have a week to get to know another person and choose another person to have a mock trial marriage and live Mm. with them for three weeks with another person that's not a part of their initial couple and see if they can form a connection with another person and then go back to their initial partner 
and then live with them for three weeks in a trial marriage. And then they get to decide, do I want to stay with this person or do I want to either explore other options and leave this alone or leave with the person that I lived with for three weeks that I just met? Sure. And it is so messed up because you are dealing with people that have had like years long relationships and just like throwing wrenches in them and like messing up their situations and the emotional like reactiveness of people and just to see how messed up certain things are. It is wildly eye opening because I think something from a relationship perspective, I think a lot of people stay in relationships because they're comfortable or they don't get like they don't think they can get anybody else or they Mm -hmm. just are content Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really do that much for them or they just take their partner for granted Mm -hmm. or what have you, right? So like there's lots of different reasons for it, but it's really an interesting perspective to see every single relationship and why people are going into it or why they don't want to. Mm. Um, So it's definitely very different than any of the other dumb shows. I think it's a much more emotionally intelligent show. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is substance. There's much more substance in the relationships that are involved because they've been established. It's not like these random people meet and have to get married. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. So um, I watched like eight episodes of it in one day. Um, it's good. I got addicted to it as I do. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. Um, right. I know that you wanted to plug something in particular. Oh, and at the time of this episode release, it's fine. Right now, uh, one of these is not a public announcement yet. But uh, no, I, as I talk about my teaching on here on occasion, all of the drama work I do. And, and um, this summer, we'll be entering into our fifth year of doing Summer of Horror, which is uh, through one of my theaters. We do teen horror films. We produce three horror shorts with our teen actors, and I direct them. And... Um, one of the ones we made for last year, for 2021, Summer of Horror, was a, a horror short called Will You? And it has been accepted uh, into both the Crypticon Horror Film Festival for our 2022 Crypticon, which is happening in May, as well as the Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival, which is also happening in May. And so we are very excited. I'm very excited. The the Crypticon one I found out about and the Bonebat one... Um, at the time of this recording has not been released yet. We have not announced it yet, but by the time we, uh, release this episode, it will have been become public knowledge. So I am very excited. Um, the students did a lot of really awesome work. Our screenwriter, Sarah Eisenberg, who is also a, a youth theater Northwest alum. We produced these through youth theater Northwest. Um, she wrote some just really awesome screenplays and, and this one is really a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, if you have a, if you're in Seattle, <laughs> And you want to check out Crypticon 2022 or the Boneback Comedy of Horror Festival. I have to, I give it a, a particular plug for actually for both of them, but the Boneback Comedy of Horror Film Festival for anyone who is local is absolutely worth your time. It is a blast. It's a really good show. You get to spend uh, a, a afternoon and evening watching blocks of horror shorts. There's usually a band that plays. Um, it's so it's, fun. It is such a good time. And... This is our first one back in person. The the 2021 obviously moved online. It was it was canceled. It moved online and there was none in 2021. So we are back in person for 2022 and I'm really really excited to go uh spend my Saturday watching a bunch of horror shorts from all over the world, uh which I think is is 
just so amazing. Cool. It's it's really a great experience. So I, I cannot. I have nothing but good things to say about it. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank That's you. so cool. It's been uh, it's been really exciting. And uh, yeah, no, I've been I've been really excited. I'm very proud of all the work that everybody involved on the film did. And uh, yeah. Nice. So cool. Excited to watch it. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Um, if you like what we do, check us out on Patreon. Give us a little love financially or with a review on uh Apple Podcasts, Spotify, look us up, Ghoulish Tendencies Podcast, wherever you find podcasts or social media. Literally, we're everywhere. Just we find are. us. Uh, ghoulishtendencies.com has all of our show notes. We'll post the videos that we talked about today there as well. Um, and find us on our Instagram. It'll be on there also. So thank you so much for listening. And stay, stay spooky. spooky.